on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find the Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please write and review the show. Reminder, we're streaming live on Sportsnet 360, Monday to Friday from 2 to 3 p.m. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. What's going on, man? What's up? Some pretty good game sixes in the association last night. You a fan of the association? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a noted Adam Silver stan, man. Yeah. Um, Where's Mark he been, Tatum. by the way? You don't see him at He's games. He's a ton of games. He was in the first round in like Sacramento or something. You didn't see him? I did see him then, but it's, I'm where's he in the second round? Similar to your dome. His dome is, you know, hard to miss. Mm, that's if you, fair. If you, see, if you see that egg shape, it's either Jim Boylan. <laughs> it's it's or, definitely not Jim Boylan. Or Adam days. Silver. Thanks for the bubble tea, by the way. Yeah, of course, man. Every Friday. Yeah, people Appreciate don't know that. this, but um, you know, we 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 also worked previously at we two like other, each other. <laughs> organizations, and uh, yeah, especially mm. when you were more senior to me at, at certain points, yeah. I was uh, I was I made a habit of getting you bubble teas. So no, I appreciate. Stop you. by chat time on the way in, you know, no big deal. It's, yeah, it's a little Appreci- spot. Yeah, it's on the way. It. Appreciate <clears throat> it, brother. Um, yeah, Sixers. Oh, by the way, happy fourth uh four four year anniversary of Kawhi shot. This morning. This is exactly what Sixers fans needed to see this morning. Oh. Wake up after that loss. Everybody's celebrating the shot. Mm. Sports is tough, man. Sports fandom is tough. I know you got no sympathy for Sixers fans, but... Man. No, I th- I think, you know, similar to the sweater that you're wearing right now, you know, you got you got the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, sweater. I don't know why it's black and white, um, but, you know... It, it, Special it, uh, parley edition. There are just certain organizations and certain fan bases that are, like, used to being tortured, mm-hmm. um, and you almost sort of... It's like a Stockholm Syndrome scenario where you just kind of like live in it. You bask in it. I think the Knicks fans are a classic example of this. Until they get on the streets after a win. No, after they win, it's like, uh, Jimmy Butler, I want to see you, you know, on Fifth Avenue. I want to fight you where Mad Men no, there was uh, a new, had their there, offices. Like, there was a new side talk video yesterday. Oh, famously yeah, known that. for Bing Bong. Somehow 30 seconds in, it turned into, hey, LeBron. When we see you in the finals, I want you to keep that same energy. I was like, where what is energy? this dialogue what coming? Also, what keeping? did LeBron ever say? Well, LeBron technically did turn them down in 2010. But I that's mean, ancient history. That's Phil Jackson's point. fault. No, but you were talking about the fandom. Yeah. The like, torture. There's just certain fan bases yeah. that are just exist to be tortured. And I think that um, for the Phillies or for the Sixers fans, like, that's just... That's just them. That's their role. Like, you know, like, they had a perfect opportunity last night to close it out. I thought, um, obviously, Boston came out to a great start and... Um, you know, I think the lineup adjustment worked. Yeah, Joe Mazzulla finally did his job. Did yeah, something. Turns out you, you might want to have rim protection on the floor when you're playing Joel Embiid. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> it did take him a while to figure it out. Marcus zoomed, Smart, out zoomed out to a 15-3 lead. Yeah, Marcus Smart right even away. said after the game, he's like, oh, you know, he finally started coaching. Well, you saw even in the in the huddles they were showing on the, on the TV, like yeah. Al Horford was doing the coaching uh, <laughs> for most of it. Well, technically, he's older than Joe Mazzulla. I'm glad we're finally at this point with Joe Mazzulla because the whole point during the during the whole regular season, it was mm-hmm. just everything was positive. Well, I mean, the whole scenario was positive because there wasn't too much to claim on the regular season. But it was I mean, like, oh, he's not using his timeouts because he's empowering his players. It's like, no, do your job. Well, I mean, this is what happens, though. He was the assistant. He wasn't even like the, the lead fourth assistant. assistant. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, Ima Yudoka left because of the scandal. Will Hardy left because the Jazz swooped in there and hired him to Utah. Yeah, even Damon Stoudemire left during the season. Damon this Stoudemire season. left. Yeah. And so, you know, you're, you're left with, with Joe. And obviously, if you're him, like, I, I appreciate that he's in a difficult situation. You have to maintain a brave face. But makes the adjustment. Um, and the, the Celtics come out flying. However, it's, the game is right there for the Sixers because they, A, instantly fight back at the end of the first quarter. B, they take the lead on, on multiple points, including in the fourth quarter, where they were able to break free a couple of times, a loose ball foul here or there, or, you know, um, 
you know, a, a, a take foul and transition, all that kind of stuff. So they were really able to take the lead on top of the fact that Jason Tatum just like wasn't making anything offensively. And it felt like this, the, the, the Celtics had no other options to go to. And then they still blow it. And now you're in a situation where they're going to game seven with Doc Rivers. You know, how many times have we seen Doc Rivers lose game sevens? You have the incredible stats out there already. Not a doctor. It's, um, yeah, I guess some bases, some fan bases are just meant to, to, to sort of exist in, in, in perpetual, um, you know, torture. So well, that, that's listen, what the Sixers are. The sad guy, Joel. Oh, they he's, sell... he's not happy tonight. That's we have sure. more drops for the Sixers than any other team. That's because um, we played them in the playoffs last year. Unfortunately, we couldn't force the game. It's because but... we did two-hour shows for two weeks when the refs were down 3-0. Mm. It was fun when they were when it was 3-2, though. Mm-hmm. Spent a couple of days talking about 3-0 comebacks, just like my Toronto Maple Leafs are going to do. Well, they still, you know, Sixers still have a chance on Sunday, all right? Game 7 of course, of course. is on Sunday. It's either... They've already proven they can go to Boston and win. Yeah, they've won they've twice, twice there. Yeah. The road team is 4-2 and two in this series. And, I mean, man, if the Sixers do win Game 7, though, Mm-hmm. Like the referendum swings back to the Celtics because it's incredibly difficult to win game one, five, and seven on the road, which is what the Sixers will need to do in, in this series. This series is hard to predict, though, admittedly. It is impossible. Um, <laughs> like just random stuff will happen. The only consistent no, thing no, is random... that Jason Tatum is going to start one for seven from the field. But... Yeah, he was one, one of 22. He was working on a one of 22 in his last three games in the first quarter. That's what he is. In the last three That's games. kind of unbelievable. He was 0 of 10 yesterday in the first half. Mm-hmm. Missed all five of his threes. The Celtics were still leading by seven, like you mentioned. It was good mm-hmm. coaching adjustment. Got off to a good start. He had three points going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, I, I wanted to call him Jason ain't him and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. he, you know, he did it again. 16 points in the fourth quarter. You know, back-to-back threes there, like you mentioned, when the game was really close. Yep. Before I forget, too, man. So there was that. There was that take foul slash clear path foul, which they made Joel Embiid shoot two free throws. And then four possessions later, the referees were like, actually, Tyrese Maxey is the guy that has to shoot those free throws. And he they was made, one foul. Yeah, yeah so they made, made them shoot four free throws to get two points. I've never seen that before. <laughs> that, that was a really bad. Uh, that's a really, really I'm not obvious. even trying to pin it on the refs. It's yeah. just that one specific play, though, was yeah. like, come on, guys. You got to get that right. Anyways. Mm. Tatum, first player in the last 30 years to have three or fewer points through three quarters and then outscore the entire team, opposing team, in the fourth. This is, again, one of those stats where, like, who 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 had this on top of mind <laughs> until until this spe- very specific thing happened, you know? But um, the Sixers, too, I mean, this is the thing. Like, listen, Tatum, this was kind of a repeat of last year in game six when they had to go on the road and beat Milwaukee, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and Tatum had 16 in the fourth quarter in that game, too. Um and but I mean the Sixers, man, thirteen points in the fourth quarter. There was a six-minute stretch where they only scored three points. And I think in clutch time, if you take out a garbage basket from uh, like Jaden Springer at the end, yep, they had one point. Um, yeah. So like that's that's where they lost. Of I course. mean, it, it's good on Tatum, you know, finished a, a wonderful five of twenty-one I from mean, the field. Yeah. Like, those shots were huge, but the game was right there for the Sixers. You know, De'Anthony Melton shot like a curveball from the corner. <laughs> I've never seen that uh, before. Uh, I think Tyrese Maxey had a couple chances, too. You know, Harden yep. didn't have a good game yesterday, 4 of 16. Yep. Like, Tobias Harris, two points in 42 minutes. That sounds about right. One of seven. Mm-hmm. And, like, Embiid didn't get the ball at the end, was complaining about it after the game. Like, if I would put myself in, like, you know, the Sixers' shoes, like, man... 
I don't know, man. I'm pretty dazed going into game seven, knowing I had that game at home in game six. Like, it was right there. Man. Absolutely. But there is no momentum in this series from there the game, right? There so isn't. I do expect Philadelphia to make a couple of adjustments to what uh, the Sixers or what the Celtics were doing with Robert Williams. I, I thought, look, first off, it's just it was still Al Horford as a primary defender against uh, Joel Embiid, but obviously having a credible line of rim protection really does help out there. That um, You notice they limited P.J. Tucker's minutes to 20. Right, because Robert Williams was just straight up ignoring him. And yes, PJ Tucker can hit a couple corner threes here or there. And every time he does, the, the broadcast is always like, Did you know that's what PJ Tucker does on offense? And it's like, All right, yes, I've seen him in the this league for like, like 10 years. This is like two years ago when uh, he was getting all that praise for, for uh, locking down Kevin Durant in After that Milwaukee 50, Brooklyn yeah. series. And then I look up the stats and KD's averaging like 45, 7, and 7 in the series. Yeah. I'm like, What kind of locking down is going on? Well, here's the thing. Like, there's nobody really for PJ Tucker to really key in on that much. Sure. I feel like Tatum and M. Brown have been able yeah. to sort of get no, their but way the same thing them. with them talking about the corner threes, right? Yeah. Like, he was so bad that they had to take him out of the game, get George's Niang out there, mm-hmm. space mm-hmm. the floor a little bit. So, and, and like, that was great. So, that, that's sort of going to be um, the chess match going mm-hmm. into the next game, right? Like, mm-hmm. for example, I wouldn't be surprised if the Sixers changed the starting lineup and took PJ out so that they can have a better start. I mean, I, I think more than anything else, you just have to win blocks and segments of time within the actual 48 minutes right and i thought the Celtics clearly when they started the game like i don't know 15 to 3 or something like that like clearly they won the first block of the game and they were able to ride a lot of the momentum and, and sort of ground themselves in that confidence moving forward in, in the rest of the night um so i think I'm, I'm expecting the sixers to sort of make adjustments you know they'll probably start melton who is a, a more of an offensive threat although you did mention that he did shoot that curveball that was nasty to, to, to watch in the fourth quarter um you know 13 points in the fourth, man. Like, yeah. I know we can talk, we will talk about all this other stuff, but man. Well, I think the other thing, too, for the, the Celtics is um, they limited their rotation, right? I mean, like, only seven guys even took the f- court mm-hmm. for for them. And I thought, even though they were able to introduce Robert Williams into the starting group and, and he was great, he was a plus 18. He only played like 28 minutes, right? I think they can use him even better because there were opportunities last night where it's like, okay, um, you want Robert Williams on the floor, first off, as much as you uh, as possible, right? Because he's the only one who's really providing, like, rim protection for, for the Celtics um, as a help defender. Typically, I feel like the Boston's help defense is just not very good this year, um, except for last night when they did play a lot of Robert Williams. But they had a lot of minutes last night where Embiid was off, and it was Harden leading the second unit, which is always Harden playing with B-ball Paul and, like, shooters and just trying to play fast and stuff like that. That's not the best scenario, I think, to use him. I actually think that they can use, they can change the rotation so that Robert Williams is on the floor um, more while Embiid is on the floor, and I think that that would even give the six, uh, the Celtics an even greater advantage with him in the lineup. But um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately the game was there for both teams to win, and yeah, I mean for the for the Sixers, I just don't understand like why their offense like drops to that degree. Like, yes, I understand that Harden is not always able to score. We've seen like crazy ups and downs. Just in this series alone, we know that Maxi is mostly a guy who plays off the catch, right? Um, other guys draw the attention. Someone pulls his defender off, and then they swing the ball to, to Maxi. And that's where, and we've seen it against Toronto, he has just the entire defense at his mercy where he's able to drive in for those super quick, you know, um, you know, slash to the rim where he's able to get to the cup. Or he's able to stop on a dime and, and shoot those little runners and floaters. We know how he, good at uh, those he is. And also he has the ability to shoot threes, not just at the line, but like deep threes as well. So he really is like one of the most dangerous players in terms of playing off the catch. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, they need to get their main guy involved more often. And honestly, for Joel Embiid, I'm a little surprised he said he was a little frustrated he didn't get to touch the ball. I'm just like, you could demand the ball. Like, we're talking about like a six-minute stretch where he didn't really do anything. Um, and to me, it's just like how much of that is also just him being more physically tired and taxed at the end of the games, you know? Like, I, I do feel like that's something where he was able to shoot fairly efficiently. Nine of 19 for him is pretty good. Um but, yeah, he just needs to be more involved in, in the course of 41 minutes because you, you saw with Tatum, he he did not relinquish his control in the game even after literally shooting, like, empties for three quarters. And eventually he, he was able to make those big shots at the end. Yeah, the Celtics have now won three straight road elimination games. Yeah, so they won game seven mm-hmm. last year in Miami. Mm-hmm. They they won that game six against Milwaukee yep. and this one as well. Yeah, they don't they don't make any sense, man. Like I think they're I like they, didn't they beat the Nets on the road too because they swapped them. And oh, that's where yeah. the lower seed. So. I oh think, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. but I mean like games where they're facing elimination. Oh, got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. Um, but like, yeah, they don't make any sense, man. I think they're like nine and nine at home in the last two seasons. Um, in the playoffs. <laughs> But like, okay. you know what I mean? Like, sure, yeah. But then every time they go on the road and it's desperate, mm-hmm. and I thought Marcus Smart played a great game too. Yep. Um, oh, Twenty-one seven and seven. That's mm-hmm. their that's their Draymond right there. Um, mm-hmm. And even Malcolm Brogdon, um, you he, know, and, and Derek White, like they hit a lot of threes there in that first half to really stretch that lead, right? Yeah. And yeah, I don't know, man. But if I'm the Sixers, man, I'm I'm just kicking myself. Well, that's the thing. Like, this is why this series has been so frustrating to watch at times because you just don't really know which team is specifically going to show up or if either team's going to show up. You know? <laughs> yeah, there's been games like, last night it kind of felt like neither team <laughs> yeah, really showed up. Like, I was watching it. I was just like, what is going on? Like, like Harden will either give you, like, a masterpiece or he'll give you this. Do you have any theory as to why Harden swings so hard to the two extremes? Like, he never has a middling game. It's either a totally sure. total dud or he's dropping 40 on you. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Obviously, a lot of his game is dependent on off-the-dribble threes, mm-hmm. which is probably the hardest move to sort of really get off. Um, obviously, he's got the the footwork, and and he's fairly rehearsed on sort of how to pick you know up his dribble and, and shoot without traveling, all that kind of stuff. Like, obviously, we know what he can do there. But just inherently, that's a high-variance type of shot, especially because Boston's able to put those bigger defenders on him. I also thought they kind of got away from what made them successful in Game 5, which was to... Um, play more small, small pick and roll and, and get him going against guards. Like, you know, there was plenty of time where Brogdon was on the floor last night and, you know, you want to, even though he's not a bad defender necessarily, but Harden's able to sort of um, attack a small defender, probably shoot over a small defender a lot easier than he can against bigger guys like Tatum or Brown. Um, and I also think that like, yeah, for Harden, the other consistent thing is can he like actually blow by and get into the lane that's what he used to be so good at he can't do that anymore i think i think he's more effective just like pulling up on that mid-range yeah right? and it's very clear like there are certain games you know right away oh he has it and he's able to get in there and of course he's able to really create problems because he's a really great passer plays unselfish and stuff like that too was um, last was last night when he dunked the ball yeah he barely, he barely yeah. dunked that it. was his yeah. second dunk of the season he, he the squeaked way. a dunk in the, no way yes his, his last dunk was back at the start of the season yeah. oh my no. That, that stat was also being tracked. No, that's a serious stat. Serious stat. Um, it was also shared earlier this week on, on the low post, I think, by Kirk Goldsberry. Yeah. Wow. Second okay. dunk of the season. All yeah. the Philadelphia stats don't make sense. I know you got you got some more to present to me after this. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think for Harden, like, you know, um, there's also moments, I feel like, where he's supposed to be out there with a the second unit. And mm-hmm. he either dominates those moments and he's really leading the, the, the pushing the pace and leading the tempo. And um, he, he's creating for other players and he's really you know able to get out and transition a couple times too where he's obviously very good 
Um, it just felt like none of those circumstances happened for him last night. And so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he, this is what this I I feel, I feel like this is what happens when you get more and more washed. Like sometimes you're able to access your higher level, of course, but yeah. that sometimes becomes more and more infrequent. I'm just like, can can James find just like a happy medium? No, where you know if the shot's not falling, like can we just get like twenty and twelve from him? I don't know. But what's he going to consistently do to get twenty and twelve? Like I expect Embiid to give you twenty and twelve. Different yeah. twelve, obviously being rebounds, but like. Embiid's always going to be able to score. He's always no, going to be able fair. to play defense. He has his shots. You can't really stop him in that sense. Like, Harden is very dependent on, like, two or three things happening. Well, he that's, needs to get the yeah. step back three going. He needs to have the quickness to drive into the lane, which probably is tied to the fact that if his step back three isn't going, then you can really play him to drive and really shut him off. Because he has a lot of drives where he drives in the lane, kind of draws a little bit of awkward contact, throws something up, and but he ultimately doesn't really, like, separate from his man or even lift from the ground by jumping. And most times it's just like you're just you're just driving to the crowd and just throwing something up and hoping for a foul call, which obviously doesn't happen that much in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think that's the scariest thing if I'm a, a Sixers fan. In game seven. Oh, everything like, is scary for a Sixers fan. Oh, everything seven. is scary, but the biggest thing for me is like you know which Harden is going to show up because mm-hmm. that's two very different teams. Um, yeah, Doc Rivers, man. So yesterday I told you he had 29 um, series clinching games losses. Yeah, so um, that was actually now? a mistake. Oh, um, the 29 I forgot to include. The two losses to the Raptors last season when they were up 3 0. Oh. So the update account was actually at 31, and now it's at 32. He's 17 and 32 all time, which you told me yesterday. You're like, that's the record of the Charlotte Hornets in February. He has this deep of a catalog. Listen, Yo, some if, of this if, is. If I had Doc Rivers' like, <laughs> record in elimination games, I'd start tanking. Like, no, but I, I, can, Doc Rivers can go for Wemby in elimination games, man. Listen, some of this is longevity, but uh-huh. I'm only giving longevity like 10% of the credit. No, how? For this record. Like, seven, he has tried to clinch a series and lost. 32 times. How is that even possible, though? That's it, the thing. It that, blows my mind. I was messed up, man. I was on B-Ball reference. I was B-Ball Paul yesterday, no, man. The, the funniest thing with Doc, and I mean... <sighs> that don't funny. make no sense. It, it's really just he's old. Like, there's nothing really to be fun about. Sure. But it is funny because, like, the game will be, like, slipping from the Sixers' hands yeah. in crunch time like it was last night. Uh-huh. And then the camera pan over the, pe- uh, the Doc on the sideline, and he's just, like, bent over, like, hands <laughs> on knees, like... He just looks exhausted. I'm just like, are you sure you want to keep doing this, man? Yo, is there a coach that draws less confidence when they when the television camera pans to? Uh, Bud, actually. So, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Bud also has this face where when the camera pans over to him, mm-hmm. Bud just looks like, you know, he just looks disgusted, like he had smelled right. flatulence somewhere. Like, that's, uh, that's that's the face. That's the exact face he has all the time. You know what? I put Joe Mazzula there, too. He always looks puzzled. He's like, can I pull out my phone and Google what to do uh, right oh, now? Man. Can I go to ehow.com? That's the thing. Like, did they, not, did they not fill his assistant coaching staff with, like, more experienced guys? I don't think you know so. I mean? Like, why isn't there, like, a Mike D'Antoni, like, well, voice on the team? Yeah, I think they should put Hubie Brown there, man. Um, I man. think... That wasn't really familiar with your game. <laughs> I, think, um, I think them letting Will Hardy go, I mean, the sequence of events was something they couldn't control because I think mm-hmm. the Ime Adoka thing obviously happened. Um, but... I think they would have pr- pretty much much preferred Will Hardy, especially looking at the job that he did in Utah. I don't know, man. It's just like, I don't know why we waited so long to have a conversation about, you know, a team with the best talent in the league, arguably, yeah. and the Celtics being coached by by a rookie coach, right, with this lack of experience. Like, we've seen it. We've seen it be a detriment to them in the series. Yeah, and, and this is, I think, you know, going back to the all the conversations we had about Nick Nurse, right? Like, I think sometimes people think back and on it's like, well, 2019, you had so much talent on that team. Like, a lot of people could have coached that team to a victory. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, not necessarily. Like, you actually do need, like, 
the coaching to match the talent, right? And I think in this scenario, obviously there's more chances. I think with Joe, he ultimately made the move that really was able to sort of um, give his team the advantage. Well, we'll see. He's able to counter the counter now from Doc Rivers, mm. who's famously known for its game seven counters. Yeah, by the way, I didn't like the um, fact that you called it a chess match. Um, uh, Doc Rivers, Joe Mazzula. Can we can we downgrade that a little? Can we call it a connect four? Maybe <laughs> no, they're, they're, a go fish. This is gonna be a go fish match. I was gonna say because one of them's going fishing. You want to say they're playing checkers? <laughs> yeah, yeah, checkers too. No, but the mahjong. That's <laughs> a mahjong was, match. In this scenario too, it's like what what the Celtics like. You're essentially handed. You're basically dealt pocket aces. Sure. Like, they don't have, okay, they don't have, like, maybe maybe it's not pocket aces because they don't Mm -hmm. have, like, one of the best players in the league. Sure. So maybe, like, pocket kings. Sure. But, like, you should be able to play pocket kings successfully and and, and maximize profit. But the way Joe Mazzula plays pocket kings just makes me sweat. Like, I feel like I'm down in in, in the whole set. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I hear you. So I I feel like for him, like, you know, he's he's really emphasized the three-point shooting, which I think is is good for them. Like, Mm -hmm. they need to shoot a lot of threes. That's how they create high variance. But I think more than anything else, you need to also play, like, defense. And I think that last night that was an encouraging sign was they were able to defend at a much higher level. They won in the in, in crunch time, not because Jason Tatum made, like, those huge threes, but mostly because they literally prevented the Sixers from scoring, right? Like, mm-hmm. holding them to one point in crunch time, essentially, is more important to me than a guy making a couple of threes. Like, it could have been someone else making those threes, you know what I mean? But I think that's what the Celtics, if they have actual championship ambitions, they need to actually play defense the way they're capable of. And last year, they were playing defense at a super high level, and this year, they're just not. Yeah. Also, what happened to Grant Williams, by the way? And not, not to say, I, I you know, last he's, year... I, he's DMP boys right now, man. But he, isn't, he, isn't he good, though? He, does he I feel shoot? like his face might have been shattered in half by Embiid. Uh, you know what? That's fair. He, <laughs> he did get stepped on. He Android 16, man. We're going to ask Boston Willow next week if he uh, gets the Android 16 reference okay. as well. I, I hope so. A couple more Doc Rivers stats. Um, mm-hmm. He's now on an eight-game losing streak in serious clinching games in the second round. So blew a 3-1 lead in, in 2015 with the Clippers to Houston, blew a 3-1 lead in the bubble with the Clippers to Denver, lost in Game 7. Uh, this was known as the Ben Simmons game to Atlanta mm. uh, two years mm-hmm. ago, and last night is now eight in a row. He's also lost nine times in a Game 7, which is four more than any other head coach you gotta do better, fam. In in NBA history. I was not familiar with your game, Doc. Um, Wait, if, does, yeah. that, does that not include? Technically, you could have clinched the series in Game 7 against the Raptors. No, that was Brett Brown. That was Brett Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People did point that out to me. It was Brett Brown. Um, I didn't didn't realize how much research you've been doing these days, man. Yeah, I'm bored. Um, If you're you're planning, um, you know, Mother's Day around watching Sixers and Celtics. I am, by the way. If if the Lakers (laughs) and and Warriors, if the Lakers and Warriors go to game seven, Uh uh, it'll be at 8 p.m. Lakers Uh and Warriors will go at 3.30 and Celtics, Sixers will be at 8. If the Lakers win tonight, Mm. Celtics, uh, Sixers will be at 3.30. Either way, there will be a 3.30 game. So there's time exactly in there for a 6 to 7.30 dinner. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm having a 12.30 lunch um, and be back home for this, 3.30. Here's the thing. Like, what most likely what happens during these, like, you know, family holidays for, 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 for my family is mm. we're just going to, like, all make dumplings together. So we'll just oh, have okay. a laptop out there. Nice. We'll probably just watch together. Okay. We'll nice communal experience. Going on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Play, uh, yeah, play checkers while you watch Joe Mazzula and Doug Rivers play checkers. <laughs> no, the checkers is so funny, too, because it's like, am I going to play P.J. Tucker or D'Anthony yeah. Melton? And I'm like, man, get out of here. And am I, am I going to use my three remaining timeouts in a game seven, or am I going to save that for my family on Yo, the way Yo, legit, home? both teams are just, like, I, I just don't feel like I've seen the best out of the Sixers, nor have I seen the best out of 
the Celtics. Let's, and to me, that feels like dissatisfying because obviously after the break, we're going to talk about the other game that took place. No, last I wanted night. to do it before the break. Actually. Oh, okay. We have so right. much to get to today. Well, well, yeah. fine. We'll, we can talk about that right now then. But um, yeah. that series, I feel like I saw the best out of both teams. Yeah, you're talking Denver. One team was just better Denver, than the other. Denver, Phoenix, right? Yeah. Denver destroyed the Suns last night to oh, advance yeah. to the Western Conference Finals, 125. 100 so last oh, you year you only needed to see the first quarter of this game actually it was actually you watch one quarter you're good. last year the suns were in a game seven home game mm-hmm. in the second round against dallas and trailed 57 27 at the half mm. this year they trailed 81 to 51 at the half so back-to-back seasons in a home elimination game they were down 30 at the half devin booker 12 points 4 of 13 kd 23 points 8 of 19 deandre Ayton was out with a rib contusion cp3 has been out. Uh, campaign scored 31. Congrats. Yeah. That's it, man. Jokic averaged a triple-double while averaging 32 points, 35 points in this series. Yeah. He shot, basically, he shot 60, 45, 85 in this series. That's basically what he did for the season, Whole except he just scored even more thing. than he did. Man, he's he's the best player in the world right now oh, at this very moment. No, it's 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 unbelievable. Um, It, it is kind of funny watching this, this series because obviously Booker and KD went nuclear for those two games. Mm-hmm. And even remember we were talking about it after the, the Nuggets took a 2-0 lead, you were like, okay, the Suns are definitely out of here. And I'm like, I agree with you. But I did. Th- I was like, the yeah. Suns are going to take a couple of you games. You said if those two combine for 80, yeah. they have a chance. And they went for 86 in game three. Yeah, and they went to 72. So essentially they went for 80 twice over That's the course of two games. Ridiculous. And that won them two close games. But like your, your win condition cannot just be Devin Booker shoot 85% from the field all on jumpers. You know what I mean? And eventually guys get tired. Uh, Booker was competing on both ends of the floor. These guys were all playing 40-plus minutes every single game of the playoffs, it felt yeah. like. So these guys were going to come, uh, were gonna run down eventually. Um, watching this game, too, it was also like, are you a little concerned about KD? You know what I mean? I never felt like over this whole entire playoffs, and I get it, like he was new to the team and there's circumstances like... You, didn't, you didn't feel his impact. You know, you look at his stats, he probably averaged, I think, 30 in this series or close yeah, to. But I never was like, wow, that's KD out there. And no, wow, no, no. KD's unstoppable. To, right to now. me, a superstar player is, especially in the postseason, you have to feel his impact, right? Like, sure, yeah. you felt Devin Booker's impact. You felt like in this Jason series. Tatum's impact. In that you felt game. Jason. Yeah. You, you look at the highest ones. Like, you look at Jimmy Butler right now. You yep. feel his impact every night. You feel Steph Curry's impact every night. Yep. LeBron and AD, you feel their impact every night. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that from KD. No. Um, I didn't get that from KD. And I don't even want to blame this on KD because, I don't know, this is kind of like, what was it, spiritual? But like his teams are very soulless. Like his Brooklyn yeah. teams were soulless. Mm-hmm. This was a soulless team. And I get it. They're only there for like two months. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much like chemistry you can build up. There, I even, there's literally I, no chemistry. I man. even think he took the soul out of the Warriors teams for a couple of years. I mean, they won championships. I'm not debating that, right? Mm. But um, so you're saying he's a slim reaper. Like you're actually, you're, <laughs> I mean, wow, if, okay. if you want to do right. the KD Scotty again, we can still make that deal. Well, I mean, no, um, this, somehow this, I was this, the only person last summer who wanted that. No, I don't this know is, why. This is part of the reason you wouldn't do a deal like that, though, because it would have ripped all the depth out of your team. Now, of course, what depth was there in Toronto? Raps anyway? might still be playing right now. It's a totally different scenario. I get it. But no, like, no, I, I, get, I get what you're saying, though, with KD. Like, I'm, like you, I'm a little concerned about that, This is what happened with Phoenix. Like, they ran out of players that they could play. I mean, even today, like, or even yesterday, campaign goes off. Mm-hmm. And the broadcast just kept saying one of two things. One, you know, there's there's speculation that Chris Paul might be available to return for a game seven if he gets there. And then the other thing was, wow, where would they be without campaign? And I was like, yo, this game is done, man. <laughs> yo, shout out to Dave Pash. <laughs> shout out to uh, Hubie Brown. Those guys worked really hard to keep me interested in that game. Mm-hmm. I, I kept it on in the background. 
while I watch Succession mm. as well. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're becoming me. What's going uh, on? I had a two-screen experience last night. Um, oh, God. This, but, guy's, uh, this guy's starting to get familiar with Kendall Roy's game. No, man, I was watching Shiv on one screen. I was watching Kevin Durant get shivved on the other screen. And uh, <laughs> no, it just was uh, it, it was just great content. But no, so those guys really did their very best to, to try to keep me interested in this game. But mm-hmm. like literally after the first quarter, you could totally see. First off, the Nuggets, shout out to them. They came out prepared to play. Mm-hmm. They came out with a seriousness. Even when they interviewed Mike Malone on this, or Michael Malone, sorry, on the yeah, sideline, yeah, mess that up. His voice was so like he's been going, he's been sick. There's no, been his, his vocal cords were fighting for their. Life. Oh my god! Even it was like you know what? I, I get it, man. Just win it for your coach. You guys can all you know rest. I, I love that, man. I love yeah, that, and it's like it's great. And it's like contrasting, and I know we compare like Jokic and Embiid so much in that MVP conversation, right? Sure. But yeah, I couldn't help but think about that yesterday. Yeah. Not to put them in a comparison, but it's like, man, I look at the way the Sixers team came out. Mm-hmm. I thought Embiid had a really good game. Um, but it's like the way Jokic is able to just like take a stranglehold on a game yep. and just take over, like no player is on that level. Maybe it's unfair for me to even compare Embiid to, to Jokic because like... I mean, no, it's not. We're talking about MVP. Sure, because like, like Jokic is just on a completely other, on another level. Yeah, no, Jokic... Gets he said, he said, we winning, every yeah, he said we're winning that game yesterday, and they won. Like, yeah. that's it. He, he took over the game. That, he took right? over the game, and that's it. His teammates all stepped up. Yeah. Like, KCP, I think, had, like, 19 in the first half. Yeah. Like, he was amazing. Jamal Murray was good. Mm-hmm. But and it, I even even like their bench guys, man, like like Christian Brown, mm-hmm. the the rookie. Yep. Um, who was the other guy? Bruce Brown, too. Yep. Like, he was really good in this series. I don't know. They're rounding into form. Bro, KCP had an awesome start to the game yesterday. Yeah, the 19 points. Like yeah, he, so, yeah. I mean, you, uh, that's, just a, that's just a really well-constructed Meanwhile, team. Meanwhile, like man. you were saying, like with Dave Passion, like QB Brown, I'm like looking at the game. They're like, oh, swings out to Terrence Ross. I'm like, all right, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to sleep now. Here, here's the thing about the Suns. Like they were really relying on the 2016 Raptors bench. Oh, yeah, with Biombo too. Bro, they were trying to play with Terrence Ross and Bismarck Biombo as their main guys off the bench. I'm like, I saw that combination get destroyed by LeBron. Oh, Yo, this, my God. That was 2016, and here's uh, yeah. yeah. Well, look, Phoenix has had more opportunities to rebuild the roster. You're already seeing opportunities where people are like, "Hey, we're about to throw Chris Paul at the boat." Every yeah. single time a contender loses, they're like, "We're gonna throw Chris Paul." Well, at the listen, boat. so yeah, they've <laughs> That's got happened so many times to Chris, man. I'm they, sorry, Chris. They've got four guaranteed contracts next season: KD, Booker, four guaranteed contracts, DeAndre Ayton, who who probably will be on the move, um, sure, Landry Shamit. Um, yeah, you, like you mentioned, they have a team option on Chris Paul, mm-hmm. thirty million, fifty uh, percent of it is guaranteed. So he could potentially be traded um, and waived by the team, but like he, his salary can just be absorbed yeah. by someone. But it's definitely they, a no for me. But dog. they need they yeah, they just I'm not, I'm not with that they one. need depth, man, and they they can only trade. They don't have a lot of lot to trade because they traded all their draft capital mm-hmm. um, to to get KD. And this is my thing back to KD too is like I've always said this like he put himself in a tough position by taking that extension. And I know at the time he couldn't have known in Brooklyn because you had James Harden there, you had Kyrie there. And you figure if you guys are healthy, you guys are probably making a couple runs at the title, right? I feel but, like you could have known that things were going to be rocky in, 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 in by, Brooklyn. But by signing uh, that four-year extension, you like sure. forfeited the chance to just go to free agency yeah. and join a team that's already ready-made. Mm-hmm. Instead, you have to uh, Phoenix has to gut their team yep. to to get you, and now you're in a position where once again you're playing catch-up. Now, I'm sure like 25 other teams more than that would would love to be in this position to start with Devin yeah. Booker. And, and KD, right? But there's just, you know, you get into these playoff series, like, you need the role guys. Like, you can't burn you these two guys out. You don't just need role guys. You just need five. You need actual, like, a team to yeah. be on there on the court. Yeah. Like, it can't just be like, oh, it's, it's, it's Bismack be able backing up Jock Landale. Think, like, about, think about if KD got to go to free agency, and I don't know how the salary cap situation is for every team, but if he looks at a Miami, 
And he's like, man, I'm going to go to Miami. He would slot in perfect there. They've yeah. got all the role guys, mm-hmm. right? You can slot in right there. Even look at a Memphis or something if they're able to make it work, right? Yeah, he would have never gone there. but yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean, though? It's like yeah. he took those options off the table. And I thought it was funny, too, because everyone's like, oh, KD's exhausted because he's playing like 40 minutes a night, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, more exhausting than spending three years with Kyrie every day? <laughs> like, I don't uh, know. Well, he could be spending more time with Kyrie, who is a free agent. Yo, and, uh, if, have, if they I, take out Chris Paul, they're going to need a point guard. I saw somebody suggest online, this is like unsourced, but like, Suggest a sign and trade between uh, a Kyrie sign and trade to Phoenix for DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> I swear, if KD signs off on teaming up with Kyrie again, then yeah. I don't think we need to talk I about mean, his you, title chances. You remember around the trade deadline, they were also talking about Fred potentially going to Phoenix. I I, I put it in here too in the notes. Like I, yeah. Fred could be an option but this off season. If, if if I were the Suns, I'm looking for more pieces. I'm not necessarily looking for like like a more big signing pieces. Yeah, no, I yeah. get it. Like I, I want it. guys that I know reliably can play. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I want. Three or four Kavon Looney making seven million type of deals. Yeah, but that's hard. There's only one Kavon Looney in this whole league. No, I know. You know I, what I mean? I like, mean like Kavon Looney in particular. I just but you know like, what I mean, though? It's really hard to find those guys. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So that's, maybe that's their challenge. But maybe at least Dylan, they have Brooks? The Dylan Brooks? Uh, Dylan Brooks on a one year on a one year rehab, like a rehab tour? <laughs> like, <laughs> not say rehabilitation. No rehabilitation. No um, what was I going to say? Um, yeah, yeah, so DeAndre I think it's going to be tough. You know, by the way, him sitting out with a rib contusion, like, I don't know. I just feel like we've listen, seen players listen, play through injuries in the playoffs. We were saying yesterday not to come, not to question. Like you know, people have been questioning ads concussion and that's stuff. head so, injuries. Head injuries. Listen, I, I treat completely. I respect. Seriously. I respect the head and the ribs. <laughs> in we've the seen same way. LeBron needs surgery on his foot. He's playing. That's you know what I mean. LeBron also an outlier. Grant Williams got stepped on the head and he's playing. Yeah, I don't think Grant Williams still knows where Draymond, he is. Draymond. We moment. saw Draymond stomp on Sabonis's chest, and Sabonis played yeah. that whole seven series. All right. So where was DeAndre Ayton last night? Yeah. I don't think the, I don't think Phoenix fans are gonna have to worry. I think they're gonna find a new home for him. All right. Well, I mean, they he technically did find a new home for himself. But then, but then <laughs> they're Phoenix like, no, because he signed the offer sheet yeah, with Indiana. They're like, we're foreclosing gone. on that new home. Yeah. Do they fire Monty Williams? Well, I mean, what's the point? I mean, I suppose. <laughs> no, but seriously though, like you have written it in here. Their bench yesterday was Ish Wayne, right? Yeah. Landry Shamit, yeah. Shamit Curse officially broken. They lost in six, not yeah, seven. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. Tor- Tory Craig. Yep. Uh, TJ Warren, Bismack yep. Biombo, yep. Damian Lee, Terrence yep. Ross, Josh Okogie. Yeah, that that's that's more the problem to me than um The funniest thing is they're, what's they're all unrestricted free agents. <laughs> oh, I mean <laughs> So they're gonna have to build a new bench. I mean they could bring some of these guys back. I think guys like Okogie, Craig, I, I think it's just role definition again. It's like what do you need around your yeah, guys? No, for sure. What I mean, do look, you need this, around your guys? They made a huge trade at the trade deadline that disrupted a lot of the continuity of their team. So it's not a surprise that they need more time. I, I don't think they're going to, like, break it up or anything. But I do think that, yeah, they need to find more, like, productive players who can, like, consistently perform around two guys who yeah. should make it very easy for the rest of the team. I wouldn't want to be James Jones this summer, man. This is this is tough, too. Also, to, like, assemble how come roster? Isaiah Thomas is always just sitting court? He's very with... close with Matt Ishbia. So I think he's mm. probably going to eventually get involved with, like, the ownership group or, or front oh. office. Yeah, Rehabilitation. Yeah. I haven't seen Isaiah Thomas in a management position since I read Prehistoric. Oh, yeah, you're done. Yeah, I need, so, that, I need so your he's, book blurb by up, Sunday, please. You're going to get um, it, don't worry. All right, let's take a break when we come back. It's a great book. We it, will it talk about. Book. I actually genuinely enjoy. We'll it. talk about the WNBA in Toronto and look ahead to the two games tonight. And right. Mark Jackson's MVP voting. Board. Yeah. Okay. We, we should definitely get to that. Uh, we will take that break. I've been your host. Well, you've been listening to the Raptor Show on the Sportsline Radio Network.
Have you checked out Bet Rivers yet? Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today. Get in the action this basketball season with thousands of betting options. Plus, don't forget about Bet Rivers sportsbook award-winning customer service. It's a whole new game with Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook. Must be 19 plus. Available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 1-866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. I'm your host, Wayne Blue. I'm joined by producer and co-host Alex Wong. Uh, another update in the Toronto Raptors search for a new head coach. Uh, reports out of Italy are that uh, Masai Jiri and Bobby Webster have uh, made the trip over to see Sergio Scariolo, who obviously was a longtime uh, Raptors assistant, including during the championship year mm. um, and some of the very successful years um, that followed after that as well. Basically, just, probably just that one year afterwards that w- I would describe as super successful. Um, yeah, they've, they've gone to meet with Sergio. Um, d- did you ever speak to Sergio? Were you ever around Sergio a little bit? No, I didn't get a chance to um, okay. to ever get to know him. But no, I mean, to be fair, uh, just weren't really allowed to talk to assistant coaches. That was a weird policy. No comment. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're casting a wide net, man. It's uh, the the Raptors coaching search has gone international. Mm-hmm. Uh, wonder if they're going to make a stop maybe in, uh, is it Taiwan? Where, uh, you know, former Raptors coach John Bennett is coaching Dwight Howard. Okay, all right, relax. <laughs> Italy is nowhere close to Taiwan. Man. Ni hao. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, like obviously, Sergio has history with the organization. I Sergio's think. also a great coach, by the way. If you, if you follow oh, yeah, he's any got a long international history. basketball. He's got a long history. What he has done with the mm-hmm. Spanish national team, um, sure. it's, it's like nothing short of miraculous. Like, yeah. literally, they make the Final Four every single tournament, no matter what, including the last one where they won mm-hmm. the, the whole tournament um, uh, of Eurobasket without any of the, the Gasol brothers. You know, um, I think Ricky Rubio got hurt as well. They were bringing, like, Wancho off the bench. He played, like, 11, 12 guys consistently throughout the tournament, and they beat a very heavily favored France team. Mm. Okay. So, I mean, I've always respected Sergio, man. He's, he's a really... Yeah, for really, sure. Really, really I think this is in really line is. with the conversation we had with Grange yesterday, right? Like, they're just casting that net and, you know, talking to as many people as possible, yeah. getting everyone's philosophies. And this one's also too surprising. Like, this is a man that they're, they've had in their building. They've clearly recruited here in the first place mm-hmm. in the past. And he's... I think he's done a good job. I mean, it's hard to say if the players like him or not. Um, a lot of the guys have moved on anyway. anyway. Sure. But uh, I was always expecting, like him to be part of this process just because of the fact that, you know, like you, you've heard that the Raptors are interviewing, um, you know, their former assistants mm-hmm. as well elsewhere. Right. So I'm not surprised that uh, he's involved in this process. He, he, he genuinely is a good coach. I, I, I like him a lot. Yeah. So we will update on the coaching search as it goes on. So how many people publicly have come forward now? This is like 13. <sighs> I think, um, yeah, I think it's approaching Doc Rivers' number of series clinching losses. I, saw I think big, it's 32. I saw like Kevin Young in, in Phoenix was was also an emerging candidate. All right. Yeah. Get more podcasters, man. Let us in for an interview. <laughs> Yo, me and you coaching a What team. do you want, man? What do you... I did run this conversation in the media room by people this year. It's like, what if two media, two reporters coach the team? What's the, uh, what's the you know, equity and wins? No comment. Wasn't on this? There, wasn't there a story once where um like 
Vince Carter and Sam Mitchell got into it. Or was it, wait, am, I, am I thinking of someone else, maybe? I don't know, but, what's, but what's the story, though? Some of the story was, like, disputed. I think Jalen Rose told it, and I think other people disagreed with it, but oh. they got into physical altercation, and they sort of someone slammed someone over oh, the yeah, table. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a famous story that Jalen has told on, like, every podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's there. It would be like that, but with a podcaster instead of Sam Mitchell. <laughs> oh, my God, man. WNBA. <laughs> we would not be popular WNBA in, in Toronto tomorrow. 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. preseason game between the Chicago Sky. I will be there. Minnesota Lynx. 1 p.m. Uh, you, you're available to pick up your credentials. Just letting you know. So I will be there at probably 105. All right. Sounds good. I'll see you at 3. Um, okay. No, the game is at uh, on Sportsnet. So make sure you catch that mm-hmm. at 4 p.m. And it was announced yesterday. It's going to be an all-women's, all-Canadian broadcast. Mm-hmm. Megan McPeak on the play-by-play. Color commentary. Um, Formerly of Toronto, now he cultures own Amy Audibert. Salute to Amy. And sideline reporter is Nikki Reyes. And, you know, Serge Ibaka tweeted about Canada earlier this week, um, just how much um, love he still gets whenever he comes oh, yeah. to this country. So, yes, he, he's going to be at the game tomorrow. Oh, um, our, right. our close friend Jordy told us that. He's well, going to bring his daughter to the game tomorrow. And we're working on getting Serge in studio next. I week. was just gonna say, if Serge is in Toronto, maybe because uh, you know, obviously he's a free. The request right now. has been in. If if yeah. Serge says yes, he will be here next week. Tell him, tell him, tell him we work at Rolson. <laughs> 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 tell him we'll do the show from Rolson. How about that? You know what? Let's let's. The let's... first question we're asking Serge is, you know, remember when you saw us back to back in your condo? <laughs> no, relax. Man. In, in uh, seven days. How <laughs> how on earth would he remember that? But uh, he saw me a lot that season. <laughs> we should, you know, because we always do those like little food drafts. Like we did one with with. We're Andy. dropping food with him. We should we should do a we should do a Rolson draft. Like I was just asking right. what he orders when he goes there. Right, Maybe bro. as an icebreaker, you know. Yeah, we don't need to icebreak with Serge, man. That's our guy. That's, that's your guy. I know you worked very You're closely cool. with him. You know Serge too, and you know Serge is a very friendly yeah, I personality. Know. I, know. I, know. I know. Speaking of friendly personalities, um, ESPN's Mark Jackson. Um, you know, all the um, MVP ballots came out. Um, people can, you know, readily search these things to mm-hmm. see who voted for who. Oh, I've seen, I've seen tweets. I've seen, I've seen Emma J. Brown's timeline, but keep going. <laughs> uh, and uh-huh. it was noted that Mark Jackson had left Nikola Jokic off his ballot. His top five was Joel Embiid, Giannis Atantacumpo, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, Shea Gilgis Alexander, and Donovan Mitchell. And Mark Jackson was on Sirius XM NBA radio yesterday, and here was his explanation. One thing I, I live by, you you make a mistake, you own it. I, I'm not a guy that does it for clicks or be trending. Uh, absolute mistake made by me. You can tell. I, I probably, in thinking, how did I make the mistake? You can tell. I put one center, two forwards, and two guards. So I wasn't even thinking. I apologize to the Denver Nuggets. I apologize to Nikola Jokic, who is not only in the MVP discussion and deserve to be on my ballot, but he's one of the greatest players in the history of this game. And he's a top 10 center of all time. Uh, so uh, I own it. If you want to take away my vote or do whatever, more than welcome. I made a mistake. He deserves, in my opinion, to be clearly, I would have still voted for Joel Embiid, the MVP, but with Giannis and Joker, second and third, they deserve that. Uh, incredible year by him. He continues to make history. I own the mistake and I apologize. Wait, hold on. Did did he think he was voting for first team All NBA? I believe this was the mistake that he made because he said, "Yeah, I own the mistake and I apologize." <laughs> yo, yo. I love this. This is yo. No, this the is remix? exact type no, of NBA man. story. Yo, Derek, please give me that again. But like, this... I own the mistake and I apologize. <laughs> this is 
That's oh, me every time I mispronounce someone's name on this show. Wow, you didn't you mispronounce Giannis's name just a minute ago. Did I pronounce his name right? Giannis oh, oh, Um so <laughs> this is my favorite type of NBA storyline. Like when someone makes a mistake and someone who takes themselves so seriously, like Mark Jackson, <laughs> to have to give this explanation. First of all, admitting that he okay, probably how messed is that up, even possible? admitted that he probably messed up the top five. One MVP. thing I, I live by: you you make a mistake, you own it. Um, he he admitted basically he thought he was voting for All NBA, <laughs> and then apologizes to the entire city of Denver, the Denver organization, yeah. Nikola Jokic, and then he's like, by the way, I would have voted for MB first no, anyway, that's, that's which fine. is fair. That's which totally is fair. I apologize <laughs> to the Denver Nuggets. I apologize to Nikola Jokic. Anyways, uh, this is my favorite storyline in a while. Wow. And I, I want Mark Jackson to be pressed about this on the broadcast I mean, every time. Th- this Honestly, it's one of those no harm, no foul situations, no, right? Like I so own the mistake and I apologize. It's so funny to me. Because uh, it wasn't like, you know, Jokic lost the vote by one vote or anything like no, that. But no. I mean, but yeah, seriously, we, we I don't know. We, every time someone does this, it does make you question like, okay, how valid are the awards? Because it really does bring it to the... You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like having a, a a biased juror or something like that. Sure, you know no, I, I think so. Yeah, it's, it's just <laughs> I don't know, man. Anyone who takes sports too seriously cracks me up. And Mark Jackson, this, this one did kind of kill me, man. <laughs> the apology was so much better than the mistake. How, how did you think you were voting for all NBA teams? <laughs> he must have just been in a rush. wasn't really thinking about it, man. That's what I'm saying. Like, but, I don't think he thought that but, deep like, about it. Now the players are gonna be really upset because they're like, "Yo, you have to take this more seriously." Like people's money. Like we're talking about very few yeah. select group of people. Yeah. That that um, are affected by this, but yeah, yeah, it's a big thing. Also, isn't is Julius Randle not affected by this? I suppose he's he's probably under contract, but he has made All NBA twice in the last three years. <laughs> I really hope the Knicks have to have a conversation oh, with Julius Randle. Yeah, no, no more balloting for uh, Mark Jackson, man. Hand down, pen down. <laughs> <laughs> and Zing. now it's time. I own the mistake, and I apologize. <laughs> and now it's time for Between the Lines. Uh-huh. Brought to you by Bet Rivers. It's a whole new game. Two games, sixes tonight. I'll the be there. Miami Heat are hosting the New York Knicks and are six and a half point favorites at home to wrap up that series. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers will be hosting the Warriors in game six. The Lakers are minus three favorites. What is the Willu parlay tonight? Okay, so um one thing, can you bet on how many minutes Jalen Brunson's gonna play? Uh <laughs> It's going to be 40. Just bet on 48. It's going to be 48. Can this you bet like, on the this, exact this is, number of minutes? This is when play? you go to roulette and you just bet on a double zero. Yeah. That, you just bet on the number. He's going to play the opposite of double zero. Yeah, put two minutes. more on that too. Yeah. This, so he's definitely going to play the whole game again. Um, I mean, it was it was interesting watching that game. So I felt like mm. in game five, like the Heat could have just closed it out. I thought they played better. They just really weren't able to shoot the three at any sort of level. Now, of course, they've been shooting the three at a ridiculous level over the course of the first two series so far. Um, so, you know, they were already shooting above their, their standards, but they were so below their standards. I felt like they missed a lot of makeable shots. I mean, I, I have a lot of faith in the Miami at this point. Um, you know, I think also on the Knicks side, it just felt so much like, okay, Jalen Brunson's going to run like, I'm not even kidding, 50 pick and rolls in a game, maybe 60. Yeah, like, in the first half. Yeah. Like all they really do is run like small, small pick and roll to get him onto a better matchup against a guard and then try to go downhill. Like that's 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 felt like their whole game plan the other night. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we, we know that Randall can occasionally, you know, chip in and he was actually fairly efficient the other game. Um, but like, yeah, I, I just, I, I, to me, it feels like everything is pointing in the favor of Miami. Obviously, the line reflects that too. 
Um, so I will sort of back that. I do want to see Jimmy get back to like an elite Jimmy level. I mean, obviously, what we did against the Bucks was so memorable that we're sort of still looking at him with yeah. this like reverence. He's probably been bothered by that injury. He ha- that exactly right. He has. By the way, Tobias Harris over me looks hilarious on a night where he had two points um, <laughs> in a must-win game six. Tobias Harris over me. Oh man, that's a, that's a great one. But like, yeah, Jimmy Butler hasn't like gotten back to that Milwaukee Bucks level um, where he was just completely dominating. So I'm, I'm expecting to see that because even like. You could say what you want about the Knicks, and you could say that he, you know, need to make threes better or whatever. But mm-hmm. like, you still need to close out an opponent no matter what. So I'm, I'm expecting Jimmy Butler to step up to the plate, and and that'll give you a lot more confidence going into the conference finals as well. Um, uh, I want to I want to see that chess match between Eric Spolstra versus either Joe Mazzulla or Doc Rivers. Yeah, I'm saying right now, man, if the Heat and I, I'm I'm going with you with the Heat covering mm-hmm. the six and a half tonight. If the Heat make it to the conference finals, I am picking them to make the finals. Against either team, man, uh, it would be really cool to see Jimmy. I just think that I just think that he, if, if Jimmy's healthy, and I know we can do this next week, but it's like they, I think they can win. They can win on the edges, man. Like I, this is how much I respect he culture. Now I can't believe no, it. Uh Lakers, Warriors, Lakers minus three. You mentioned yesterday, Warriors eight and two in elimination games in the Steve Kerr era, and I was thinking too the two games when they got eliminated. It required like going down to the last minute, you know, oh, yeah. with, with LeBron, you know, with the block, you know, the shot from Kyrie, right? And then even against the even against the Raptors, you know, Clay Thompson looked like he was having another, you know, out of body game six experience before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And even after he went down, that game came down to the wire. It is very hard. Fred was hitting all those shots. Kyle Lowry hit that one, yeah. leaning, fading. It's banking. very hard to put away this Warriors team, is what I'm trying to say. And and Steph had an open look. Because yeah. Serge, like, temporarily screwed up. Okay, we should ask Serge about that next week when he comes in. But, like, or if he comes in, sorry. Mm. But, um, yeah, we should ask him about his feelings at that time where it was a temporary switch where mm. Steph got open for to flair for a three. And I was just like, oh, my. God. Like, <laughs> of all people, you would never want to see that, right? It's all so, water under the bridge. All um, water under the bridge. Lakers minus three. Trying to eliminate the Warriors. Yeah. AD is good to go. AD is good to go, huh? Good to go per per, per league, per league okay. rules. Right. Andrew Wiggins questionable right. with a rib injury. Yeah, um, this this series is so hard to predict just because of this is uh, going to be a great game. I know you don't I know you don't care about no narratives and legacy, but a lot on the line tonight, man. A lot in this game. I think I think I'm still going to ride with the Warriors. Unfortunately, I think the Lakers are a better team, actually, by the way, watching this whole series. Sure. Lakers look like a better team to me, but I'm just, I don't know. I'm expecting like something to happen yeah. if ever the Warriors. That's just, that's not even basketball analysis. Just, just maybe it's just even fandom at this point. No, like seeing fair. the Warriors do it so many times, I, I still buy into them. No, that's fair. I'm, you know, I picked the Warriors. We both picked the Warriors to make the finals, but I'm, I'm going to go with the Lakers tonight. That's fair. That's I'm going to go with the they Lakers. Like the better team. Minus three. Um, trust LeBron in these games, even though, you know, it's not peak LeBron. That was between the lines. Brought to you by Bet Reverse. It's a whole new game. Well, that does it for us today. I've been your host, Willow, and you've been listening to The Raptor Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Make sure you find The Raptor Show wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe and please rate and review the show. Thanks again to producer and co-host Alex Wong, our board producer Derek Brandel, and Jennifer Rowland for helping behind the scenes. We'll uh, talk to you next week and please, please win tonight, man. <laughs>